Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rap Party. My name is Callum Oakby-Wright, and I am joined by none of the other Rap Party members today because I am exploring a brand new format. Now, at Rap Party, we have a mantra, and that mantra is always funny. However, I feel like it's time to make things a little bit more serious. So welcome to Rap Party Gets Serious, episode one. In Rap Party Gets Serious, I will be interviewing and talking to independent filmmakers and industry professionals in any craft to talk to them about their process, talk to them about their inspirations and any other fun anecdotes along the way. So with that in mind, I did an interview with Mark Garvey and Simon Cleary, independent filmmakers who have just made a web series called Union Jack based on the Marvel property Union Jack. So without further ado, I will say no more and let's get straight into it. Okay, I'm joined here on the Rap Party podcast by Mark Garvey. Hello, Mark. Hi, Callum. I'm joined by Simon Cleary. Hello, Simon. Hello. Okay, before we dive into Union Jack... Uh, I just would like you two to introduce yourself by talking about um, how you discovered you wanted to be filmmakers and what you've done to get to this point in your careers. Okay, um, I guess I'll start. Um, I think I used to, well, watch films like, I don't know, uh, Mulholland Drive or something and be sitting there watching this again and again, thinking how much I love it and almost fantasising that I'd uh, written it, uh, directed it and was in it. Uh, So after years of... uh, fantasising about all sorts of films that I wish I'd done. Uh, when I was working with Mark a few years back, uh, he said, do you want to come and uh, be in this film that he's working on? So my first little performance was some uh, over-exuberant uh, turn as a carer in one of Mark's uh, short films, and um, loved watching the whole process of it, loved doing it. It was my first chance to do that, and uh, by being dissatisfied with uh, what I'd done, it made me push on and want to do more and more and more and get involved in all sorts of other parts other than just uh, acting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's interesting, like that, like that film that came out recently, yesterday, where uh, that, that guy remembers all of the Beatles lyrics, mm-hmm. despite the fact no one else remembers the Beatles, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you remember that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that that idea had never come out as a film before because I feel like everyone as filmmakers has seen the film and gone if I could have gone back in time and just pipped them to the post and had that film written (laughs) and made it just before they managed to make it Mm. I've had that thought so many times for sure definitely Mark would you like to yeah okay so uh, film uh, was always interesting to me as a kid uh, watching cartoons and stuff trying to sort of figure out how they worked uh, a very early memory that I have is of trying to make a television, in fact, out of a cardboard box and doing drawings of a football game on a very long piece of paper and, and twiddling oh, sticks and not understanding why it wasn't playing like it does on, on the television. So uh, I'd always loved drawing and art and painting and sort of creative activities. Um, and I went to college uh, to study art and one of my assignments was to make a video and it was a presentation it was sort of uh, the equivalent of an essay I guess and um, instead of just doing a presentation to camera I decided to muck around and be more experimental with it and sort of just fell in love with the process really Um, it was the first time I properly used the camera and um, decided that I could uh, take this forward in some way and so for my art course I started to do sort of film work Um, as well as the more conventional arts, painting and drawing and pottery and textiles and all these other things that you had to do as a part of the course. 
so I sort of embraced film and um, fell in love with that process uh, and, and sort of uh, took it forward and went to university and uh, the course that I was doing there had no strict, you must do this. It was like, you must do creative work um, in whatever form or you know medium you, you wanted to. And I largely selected to work in, in film um, and sort of took that forward again, you know, when I left and just, it continued, it just sort of continued and continued and doesn't seem to want to stop. Mm-hmm. I actually remember the first film of yours I ever saw, and it was before I knew you, uh, my sister um, actually fancied a good friend of yours, and uh, there is a film that you had made in which there's a scene that you see his ass mm. when he's showering. So my sister was obsessed with this this clip of his ass. So yes. she's like, oh, have a look at this. Yeah. And uh, I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so it is his ass, that's it for is. sure. Not knowing that it was it was your film that I was watching at the time. Right. Okay. And since then I've seen many of your films, including the, uh, the, the, the pilot TV show you've done and... And then there's a bunch of films that I've acted in for you, um, including Union Jack, um, most of which you have killed me off in. Um, I've managed to kill you in one of my films, so you are you are winning that at the moment, but I'm definitely going to write some more uh, death scenes for you. Always happy to die. Um, but the, the scene that you talk about uh, with Ian's naked bum uh, when he gets out of the shower, um, that was probably shot in 2005, maybe 2006. Um, but before we see his bum, he removes the towel and he, he does a, a, a classic sort of crack wipe with, with the towel. But that towel was in fact um, Union Jack. It was a pattern. It was the, the flag. <laughs> so he was kind of um, wiping his bum with uh, his, his country. Um, so so that, that weird emblem, that weird symbol, which the current project is all about, has actually sort of permeated throughout, uh, you know, well over a decade of film work from beginning mm-hmm. to to where it is now well there was another film you made 874 miles is it mm-hmm. called uh that literally watches someone cycle across the uk so yeah. again the uh, the union jack is kind of prevalent in that regard so that's actually a good segue let's talk about union jack so how did the idea come about obviously it is based on a comic book um so in that regard i'm aware how the idea came about but uh, what made you want to make it yeah okay um the idea to turn this into a film or a series uh, actually goes back perhaps five or six years. Um, we there was there was a bunch of fan films that came out that were quite uh, high quality. They weren't children in their back garden running around in Tesco's costumes. Uh, they were cinematic. They were interesting. They were well made, and that sort of opened the doors of possibilities for independent filmmakers with an interest in those kind of franchises. So I was I was aware of a few of these. I was watching some of these, and I thought I'd like to do something like this. And so the seeds were planted uh, there and then. Um, and obviously, British characters are um, were, were going to be what we worked with. And initially, Captain Britain was the the obvious contender. And so um, that was happening in the background. You know, there was always several projects happening and juggling different works. Um, and whilst we were making a, other projects sort of this was sort of brewing in the background scripts were uh, formulating costume was being acquired and, and props that we knew we would need captain britain uh, very quickly uh, it, it wasn't going to work it wasn't going to happen without a budget um because of the fantastical elements he's he's very powered 
um, and, and the mystical Merlin origin story would be hard to do. But uh, I did script uh, the first episode um, and we did plot out. My wall was covered in all kinds of stuff and I was rereading all the Captain Britain stuff. Um, and Union Jack was a supporting character um, who was going to pop up here and there and do something cheeky and sort of the, you know disappear. Um, and, and then the emphasis switched to him. And when we decided to work on Union Jack, uh, very quickly the project sort of gained momentum um, and became much clearer and, and was much more in keeping with our sensibilities and our intentions um, and what we wanted to do. So, um, you know, we made a couple of films whilst this was all sort of coming into focus and, and lots of stuff was happening in the background. And then the time was right, uh, eventually. Uh, we went through um, lots of different changes, lots of script re rewrites. We, we lost two Jacks as well. Mm -hmm. um, we did uh, the, the original choice for Jack decided to move to Canada um, to relocate with his wife. And then the second choice for Jack decided to go traveling around the world for a year. Mm -hmm. So it kind of almost became this uh, poison chalice. Um, and if you inherit the role of Jack, you're doomed to move very far away <laughs> or go and do something else. Um, but, you know, eventually the, the cast was assembled, the, the props, the costumes, we did some test uh, scenes and everything was sort of pretty much ready to go. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what about Union Jack and the Marvel property made you go, I'm going to devote so much time to this rather than, say, a property that is your own idea that you could technically sell or monetize because obviously with the Marvel fan films you can't you can't make many any money off of them mm. uh, so what made you go I'm going to devote my time to this thing that I'm never going to sort of reap any sort of financial rewards from okay well first and foremost I have absolutely no interest in financial gain from creativity mm -hmm. that's that's uh, yeah. not even a consideration mm -hmm. um, I guess I've always uh, loved Marvel um, mm -hmm. since since as long as I can remember since I was a child um, and I was well impressed with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how that came together, quite obsessed with that and, and really appreciative of that. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, they're not just blockbusters, there's much more to them. They're very, uh, you know, intelligent and sophisticated films in and of themselves, regardless of what someone like Scorsese might say. Mm -hmm. So I really admired what they were doing and that, and that universe that was created just seemed like such a fun playpen to go and uh, have fun in. Um, that I really wanted to do something within that franchise. Yeah. Um, doing your own uh, personal work where you're uh, writing your own characters and creating your own universe, that's all well and good and I've enjoyed doing that. But obviously there's a very limited appeal if you're mm. making a, a little no-budget thriller or whatever. Um, it's, it's got a very narrow audience and I guess one of the potential prospects of working within the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it does open it up to uh, an audience that exists that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was kind of exciting. Like, wow, someone's actually sure. going to see your work, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that had a, an, an appeal. Yeah. Um, but really, just the Marvel Universe is so much fun. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of hours as a child that I would play with my figures and imagine these adventures and kind of almost create mini-movies. Yeah. So it was kind of a, an adult realisation of those childhood fantasies, I guess, mm -hmm. to, to some degree. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We at Rat Party, like the whole Rat Party team, uh, we obviously have a varied uh, love of various genres and cinema in general. Uh, but one thing that we all agree on is our love of the MCU. Every single one of us just to like, oh, these films are just getting better and better and better. Simon, do you, are you a fan of the MCU? Uh, I need to be educated in a little <laughs> more. Did, did you find that the process of doing this series made you 
want to sort of figure more out or watch more? Or? Yeah, definitely. I've, I started too near the end. I need to go right back to the start. I've uh, seen a few of the early ones. need to dedicate myself a bit more to them. Um, but yeah, I certainly saw uh, from them a certain atmosphere or style or flavour to you know the writing. There's, mm-hmm. So I see that coming through in uh, Union Jack very much. Helped me understand uh, where Mark's writing is coming from Absolutely. a lot more. Yeah, I do, I do feel like uh, the MCU has a kind of British comedy, which makes it kind of, makes it kind of su- surprising that they had never done a British superhero before. Mm. I feel like their, their comedy is, is very much akin to like, British sensibility. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like from the, the sort of uh, spaced uh, era <laughs> yes, sort of things exactly. like that, that yeah, could, yeah, could bring sure. that to a much more mainstream sure. audience. Yeah, though, yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Martin Scorsese a minute ago. And I did have it written down on my notes about talking about that. Uh, I don't really know what else there is to say about that. Uh, I feel like everything that has been said has been said. Uh, but I would like to hear your thought on what he said, Mark. Um, I love Scorsese, and he's a, he's a great author who's made some fantastic films. Have so you seen The Irishman? I haven't. It's um, very good. Yeah, I look forward very to seeing good, yeah. that. Um, but what he said about them being like theme parks... Um, there's nothing wrong with a theme park, you know. Uh, you know the, the the queues for the roller coasters. There's a reason why they're so long, you know. Mm-hmm. To to go and see a, a film is going to cost you twelve, fifteen quid. To go to a theme park, it costs eighty quid. You know, you're getting a bigger, mm-hmm. better, arguably better experience at times. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure uh, what motivated him to to say those those comments. Um, and you know, he he's entitled to his opinion, of course. But um, yeah, I, I I love Marvel, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Regardless of who's saying whatever, if, if, if it's a slight yeah. at them, I'm kind of going to jump to their defence to some degree. I do feel like, like what he said were the words of someone who hasn't seen them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's entirely plausible. Um, and hasn't. I feel like he hasn't. <laughs> like, like, maybe he's seen like the odd one or two, but to see the through line of those mm. stories coming to mm. fruition, especially in Endgame, yeah. Um, like, how can that not be cinema? Like, yeah. like that was just like the like the craziest, most incredible way of wrapping up like ten years of storytelling. Yeah, I think he, it's entirely plausible he hasn't seen them all uh, in their entire in their entirety. But also, you know, he's done some clumsy things in the past as well. You know, the final shot of The Departed with the rat. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's he's not. You know, he has a, a great career and a, an amazing filmography, but. Um, you know, I think he's undervaluing some of the achievements uh, mm-hmm. made by Marvel over the decade plus. Indeed. Uh, so I'd like to talk a bit about the, the writing process of writing such a big series, because the series is 10 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And it was originally 10 episodes, or was it less? Uh, no, it varied. I think initially there were... Uh, I think in, in the first instance it was it was free. It was the uh, vampire arc, and then it expanded, and we decided we'd come back to it. Um, it, it varied and then I think we sort of settled on nine there were going to be nine a sort of a free and a free and a free mm-hmm. and um, there was just enough material enough, enough leftovers to kind of um, cobble together a, a, a weird episode episode six mm-hmm. um, which um, meant that there was ten overall mm-hmm. it was interesting that you just said a free and a free and a free <coughs> because I feel and I think we actually discussed this a long time ago that the structure of the series is very sort of Sherlockian in the sense that the first three episodes you could like mash them together and that's one feature length yeah. thing. Um, and there are through lines of a bigger story happening, 
uh, that you sort of expand on in the next episode and in the next episode and the next yeah. episode. So it's kind of like three feature films that you've then split into thirds in a sense. Mm. Um, is that something that you were intending on? It, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't necessarily by design. Um, and adapting the comics sort of limits uh, where you're going and what you can do and the size and the scale of it. So the the first three, the vampire arc, that is one volume of Union Jack essentially, although heavily adapted and changed. Mm-hmm. And it's peppered with um, plants for things to come later. Then the final two sort of go back to the vampire story, which is a different um, arc of uh, within the invaders. We've got a standalone bottle episode, episode mm-hmm. eight, which kind of still fits into the central middle MI5 kind of discursive bit. Mm-hmm. But episodes four and five are kind of a, a part one and a part two type thing, which are, could be standalone, but then six and seven continue that story to a degree, although some time has passed between. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, the process of trying to figure all of that out was incredibly um, challenging and difficult and um, uh, going off, off away from the comics. So four and five are completely original stories, Mm-hmm. Um, where we use the ca- characters from the comics and you know some little scenarios, um, but they are completely original storytelling and trying to make that in keeping with the tone and and the feel of the ones yep. which are taken mm-hmm. from the comics um, w- was tricky. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a bit of a genre shift because we are vampy and horror, and then we go espionage, mm-hmm. cyber thrillery, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of segueing from one to the other. Yeah. Um, you know, it had to happen on the episode break. You couldn't do that in the middle of, mm-hmm. of an episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so why, why did you decide on a, a series rather than a film? And how does the writing have to be changed? Uh, a film was not going to be sufficient to tell these stories. We did um and about the possibility of doing, um, you know, one sort of 90-minute, two-hour film and then possibly following it up. But... Um, it felt too similar and samey to previous projects. We, we've been doing several of these kind of uh, features and uh, we wanted to do something much more substantial uh, that had uh, more longevity, a real challenge. Yeah. Um, and a series seemed like the obvious thing to do. And there's lots of fan films, but there's not that many fan series. Sure, yeah. um, and, you know, the Netflix uh, Marvel series had come out as well where you really get to know characters because you're with them for 13 hours on the Netflix mm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could really sort of align yourself with these characters, uh, which it, sometimes it's difficult to do in a 90-minute feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I haven't touched on is that I, I was actually in this series. Indeed. Uh, as was Simon, as was you, Mark. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone was in it. Um, and by being in it, I got a bit of an insight into the writing process because more often than not, you would send me a page like a week before shooting and then two days before shooting you'd be like oh here's the revised script mm-hmm. and on the day you'd be like oh here's the revised script again mm-hmm. um, so it seems to me that the writing process was very fluid even during production absolutely yeah, uh, yeah the writing process uh, even though it started as I say maybe even up to half a decade ago mm-hmm. um, it's never actually finished until final cut mm-hmm. so the script was changing constantly and because we were filming all over the place we were filming a scene from episode 9 and then a scene from episode 2 on the day after mm-hmm. you're seeing the bigger picture as it's unfolding so you'd constantly have to change stuff in yeah. relation to what you'd already shot um, so it was very much a, a constant process of rewriting 
and um, you know sometimes on the day when you're filming you'd you know toss the script and go right bollocks fuck that (laughs) you know uh, I've got an idea or or, you know obviously the actors bring a lot of ideas to the table as well and then but even then in the edit you think well that line's unnecessary that line's repetitive Mm -hmm. that line doesn't quite work or uh, well that line I'm going to put it at the end of the scene even though it's the first thing that was said in the scene Mm -hmm. so you're still writing the script when you're cutting Um, and Mm -hmm. you know uh, the poor old Scott uh, who plays Zaran um, quite a lot of his lines um were, were cut but just for the purpose of the the edit of the scene um but he was coming up with some great stuff and he had some some good lines that worked on paper but in the flow of the edit mm-hmm. um just just slowed things down or didn't feel right mm-hmm. um so you're always you know rewriting the script mm-hmm. until yeah. you press e- export and upload and then it's done keeps mm-hmm. the uh, actors on their toes so they've, yeah, yeah, they've revised sure. it and then uh, <laughs> it doesn't come up it's it's like uh, frank zappa used to do have his band uh, Rehearse, locked in the room rehearsing Dropout Boogie for two days then not put it in the set uh, <laughs> <laughs> they put a nice bit of hate into the music and <laughs> brings it up a notch speaking of actors um, I actually had a conversation with the main actor um, from Uni and Jack Mr Sam O'Hara Childs who plays the titular character uh, he can't be with us today however I have recorded a separate interview um, which I will use this moment as a segue to cut into that interview here it is. The sound quality is not great. Uh, his sound quality is great. My sound quality is not great, which is weird. Here you go. Okay, so we are delighted to have Union Jack himself, Mr. Sam O'Hara Childs, on the Rap Party podcast. Hello, Sam. Oi, oi. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Spanking. Thank you very much. Good. That's good to hear. Um, so yeah, I've just got a few questions for you, really, regarding the show and and how you got involved and all this kind of stuff. So let's start. Um, how did you get involved? Well, I got involved by having a phone conversation with Simon Cleary, who plays Gavin of MI5 in the show. I was having a conversation with him on a separate subject, um, many of how to balance having a teaching career, which I was considering at the time, with your own creative projects. And that was a very fruitful discussion. And then at the end of it, he mentioned that he and a collaborator, a collaborator of his were trying to get this Union Jack project on the go. And he thought I sounded like I had the verve to play the part. Those were his words, not mine. And to get in touch with his friend, who happened out to be Mark Garvey. And I got in touch with Mark, sent a picture of me and a video of some of my other work, uh, online comedy work. And then he got in touch and said, you looked apart, are you interested? And then we met and then took it from there. So for people that don't know what Union Jack is, could you just offer a quick synopsis? Yeah, well, Union Jack is, when it comes to the comics, it's about a British superhero. And our adaptation of the comics is the first British superhero on screen, which is very exciting. He's a British superhero. Our version is the third in a line of different Union Jacks, as often happens with comic books. And unlike Captain Britain, who's kind of like Captain America, and he's a sort of super soldier injected with super soldier serum, Union Jack is much more of an ordinary guy, just wearing an outfit and a mask and loaded up with a couple of weapons and trying to take the fight to the bad guys. He is not especially super, but he is a hero. And he works for MI5, um, but he often goes out on much more supernatural-style missions to fight the evil beyond the evil, the evil in the shadows, beyond the shadows kind of thing. Mm. Um, and he starts fighting in the, in the First World War, I believe, then goes to the Second World War, and then 
he's fighting in modern times. Those are three different iterations of the character. Our show is obviously set in modern times. As I said before, we've got the third iteration of the character who's called Joseph Chapman. And he's Joseph Chapman by day and he's Union Jack by night. And the principal enemies he fights are vampires. Evil, dirty, stinky vamps. <laughs> Uh, so one thing of note that we haven't yet mentioned is that I'm actually in the show. So this conversation <laughs> is going to be quite biased. How good are we, Sam? How good are we? <laughs> Fucking good. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously really, for like, me, like I was... Really good chemistry on screen. You mean we as a show in total, that's what you mean? I mean, I mean you and me, baby. Oh, you do literally mean you and me. Yeah, I think <laughs> you and me are, are really, really great. Easily outstrip every other element of the show to provide the standout feature and the most paramount reason to watch. I mean, just turn it off whenever you and I aren't on screen, I think, is the moral of the story. Speaking of um, me being on screen and you being on screen, obviously I was in it, but I was in it nowhere near as long as you were or as much as you were. Um, So how long was the process for you from, you know, like meeting Mark and doing the costume fittings up until the actual physical wrap? Like how long were you doing this? That's 18 months. That's long, isn't it? <laughs> it's a long time, man. Very long time. How was that for yeah, you? How did you feel doing that? Uh, it was very challenging. More than I, I thought it would be challenging, but not quite as challenging as it was. I've got various injuries. I've still got a wrist injury that hasn't quite gone away yet. Um, obviously, lots of physical work in the gym was required. Lots of travel because I was in London and most of the locations were out in the home counties two hours there two hours back that was draining i was working full-time relationship yeah it was pretty full on it it took a toll very stressful but uh, i'd committed to it so i wanted to see it through and like i say injuries as well as well as being covered in fake blood i was i was actually battered quite a few times and actually hit <laughs> yeah i was i was present for a few of those yeah yeah i <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, not yeah, not, as, not not as bad as the time that maureen hit her head though no, that was that was pretty pretty scary. That was a big clunk, and uh, yeah, I just thought just thought then you know really we just we need much more health and safety. <laughs> this is a sixty plus year old woman. Why are we just throwing her around a room full of full of hard sharp objects? What the hell are we doing here? I yeah, well, I feel fine. worse than anyone because considering I was the one that pushed her. I know, yeah, but you were in character as a completely mad crazy vampire. Have you seen the show yet, as in in its entirety, or I haven't just... seen it in its entirety. No, I just I wanted to watch it when everyone else watched it. To be honest, okay, yeah, I wanted to kind and, of and... watch it with the same open eyes as everyone else had when it first came out. I wanted to appreciate it that way, so it'd be a surprise for me too. For sure, okay. And and how are you finding it watching yourself? I mean, it's odd, obviously, because uh, I'm in it a lot, and some of it is a very long time ago. <laughs> And so many different places and times. And sure. I mean, I gained a bit of, a bit of weight at one point because I was burnt out through so much stress. So there's parts of it where I, I'm a different shape and that's weird. I mean, I, probably I notice it the most because I am me and I'm, mm-hmm. I was aware of it at the time. I'm looking for it now. So that's yeah. challenging. But, you know, I try to focus on just the performance and hope people connect most with the performance and the consistency of it. But For really, sure. it's great. You know, it's, it's very gratifying to finally see all the work up there. And that's kind of why I wanted to wait in a way as well, to really yep. appreciate it kind of in real time with everybody else and take a breather as well. 
from mm-hmm. having done the actual shoot and just process sure. it. I mean, 18 months, by the time it comes out, it would have been two years of my life. Yeah, absolutely. For this project. It's crazy, isn't and it? And that is bonkers for something to take over that much time. One thing, one massive thing where you are the main guys is odd. A bit of a head fuck in a way, like in a good way, sometimes a bad way, mainly a good way. So to actually watch it is pretty surreal, but mainly yeah. really satisfying to see all the pieces connect, the pieces shot yep. at different points in time, and to be satisfied with my performance as well. Like I said, it's a real roller coaster. Sometimes the, wor- the worst times or less good times, I doubted myself, found it hard to put in 100%. But I think overall, I did my best. So to see the stuff I did up there on screen and be proud of it and take satisfaction in it is it goes some way to being a payoff, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, me, me watching it myself, um, obviously most of the scenes I did were with you. So um, watching it in its entirety um, makes me realize how much of a um, critical thing that our, our friendship in the show is. Yeah. So can you talk a bit about that and how uh, the the events of the third episode, like what happens to my character? Spoilers, but hopefully the, the, that episode will be out by now. So my character dies. Um, how that sort of feeds your performance going ahead into the future episode? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you say, it was critical. It definitely was because it lays the groundwork for the real depths of pathos and emotion for Jack. You're, you know. You're pretty much you and Lady J, the things, the people he cares about most in the world, apart from Romany, and protecting the weak and vulnerable, obviously. But in terms of people, you are the people he has the most connection to. So it lays the groundwork for his real humanity, the humanity of the character. So we had to make it, you and I, as believable and as tight-knit and as close and as warm as possible. And I think we did a really good job of that. Without that, a lot of the rest of the arc of the character and the entire show, because so much hinges in terms of the vampire's plot on you and then me in connection to you and then me getting vengeance on them. If that was yeah. underdone between you and I, it would, it would permeate throughout the whole thing and the whole thing would be less, I don't know, tenable, tangible, mm-hmm. credible. I think it was very important. And I think we did a, a good job. Obviously, it depends what other people think and watching the course of the entire thing to see how it all plays out. But I think we did do a really good job. It, it, it actually reminded me of a time then we when we were doing our pub scene these the scene that's in episode one uh when mm. we were filming that um, obviously we had the script in front of us and we were sort of rehearsing between us and we both mm. came to this conclusion of okay yeah this is actually like quite a serious scene so then we yeah. did it for the first time and then mark garvey the director he sort of like put his head from behind the viewfinder and was like i expect this to be a lot funnier but keep going doing what you're doing because this is actually working yeah yeah i mean it i guess it was unexpected in a way because it it's the first time the lads are in a pub they're old friends etc and the guys but i mean it's hard obviously you know sometimes you pitch certain emotions for a scene and there there are alternate ways you could do it but i think in terms of of laying the groundwork like i say for the pathos the whole show as well as my character and for your character it made sense to play it with more sincerity and emotion and i think we've got enough laughs in there as well but the gravity of ken's situation is very important and also the idea of the blood and the bloodline and the effects of everything and the interconnectedness of the vampires with the lineage of union jack i think it was all very important to 
very important foundations to lay. And I think by playing it straighter or deeper, we did the right thing. Agreed. Agreed. So speaking more about the, the shoot itself, obviously there was a hell of a lot of cast and crew. I believe just in front of camera, there was over 100 cast members throughout the entire mm. series. Um, how does mm. that make you feel? Because I, for one, it makes me feel pretty incredible that so many people devoted their free time to the vision of just a few people. You know, no one was getting paid to do this. This was all mm. off everyone's free time. And I think that, that says something about the state of indie filmmaking at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with any project ever, especially film, you have to have a passion for it. And I think the premise of the show was very gripping and compelling for all involved. Obviously, me and the principal players, including you, but then other people as well. And it's Marvel and it's English and it's the first English-British superhero on screen. I think that gripped a lot of people, everyone involved, behind and in front of the camera. Obviously, it feels very special and incredible to know that that's the full figure of all the people who were in front of the camera. But I know every single one of them added to the texture of the show and each one added their own stitch or thread to the overall tapestry and canvas, and it wouldn't be the same without them. And for everyone involved, this shoot was sort of trial by fire in a way. You know, it was it was run and gun. It was constant. It was crazy. And, you know, in regard to that, you know, the cast never really got, like, a rehearsal time or a time to, like, get to know one another yeah. before the shoot even started. I remember once we met at a pub um, to go through the first or so episodes, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then... You know, we didn't get a rap party either. So since this show is called Rap Party, I do have to ask, what did you do to celebrate the completion of this project? Um, the completion. I took a break away with a friend and drank a lot. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of different kinds of things. I mean, almost constantly. <laughs> For a few days in the sun, in the summer um yeah uh, yeah it, it was it was still that part of it was surreal because it's like fuck that's is, is this even true you know it's hard to get your head around the fact that it's actually ended if you put so much time into it mm -hmm. and then we had a big watch party uh round here for the night that it kicked off on youtube oh, great. and that was great it's about a big crowd of people around watching it again pretty you know it is just surreal some of it i filmed a more well they filmed the scenes are filmed a year apart, but I filmed some of that first episode in May 2018. That's a long time ago. A lot has happened since then on and off <laughs> screen. So it's it is all still pretty surreal, you know. I'm still processing it. And because it is me, you know, sometimes it doesn't quite program in my head. Oh yeah, that that really is me, the same me that's watching me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm in the costume as well. I don't know, man. It's just you know, it's a humbling experience because it's a really cool character. It's the first British superhero on screen. It's a Marvel fan series, but it's the Marvel universe, effectively, that we're operating in. And uh, it's just a crazy thing to be a part of, but a great thing to be a part of. So, Sam, what is next for you? What have you got in the pipeline? Well, I'm working on a podcast of my own and Fantastic. working on a novel that I wrote before, a comic novel. It's about a Tesco delivery man who was the complete worst night of his life and is really, okay. really outrageous, bombastic. Um, and then I may consider getting back into stand-up comedy as well. And I'm also trying to assemble the bits and pieces you need to approach an acting agent 
and then see yep. what opportunities I can get in the acting world from the release of Union Jack as well. Well, you've got about five hours of showreel content, so that's good. Yeah, plenty to choose from there, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick the very best bits. Absolutely. So you've got a lot to choose from. That's good. All right, cool. Yeah, it'd be great to maybe get you on the podcast again. Yeah. All right, great. Well, it's great to speak to you again. And I hope the rest of the show goes well and continues to be well regarded. I hope so. Yeah, I hope it, hope it keeps momentum going and we get more and more viewers and the feedback continues to be good. And if we do get the douchebags who say whatever strange vitriolic bar they do sling at us, we just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the British way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn a blind eye. Yeah, that never <laughs> happened. Fuck it. All right, just, that yeah. was, it was great to speak yeah. to you. Yeah, thanks, man. Likewise. You take care of yourself. All right, speak soon. Bye-bye. Okay, we have heard from Sam O'Hara Charles talking about the acting process in Union Jack, and now we are back with Mark Garvey and Simon Cleary to talk more about the process of directing, shooting, editing the motherfucker. So... Uh, directing, uh, Mark, um, much like the, the promise of the opening disclaimer to ask Marvel not to sue you, um, each disclaimer has a little joke at the bottom, every episode different. Um, and one thing that I noticed from that is that each episode itself kind of promises something different. Like I noticed between episode one and two, uh, the episode one is very much like what it is and you know it's all good. And then episode two, we are kind of treated to this really cool time-lapse sequence. Uh, none of which you see in the first episode. So that was like, a, oh, okay, yeah, there's something different here. That's kind of cool. And then the third episode um, focuses a lot on extreme close-ups, I noticed, uh, something that the first two episodes didn't do. Uh, later on in the series, it's black and white. So each episode promises something a little bit different than the last. Um, is that something you had in mind when you first started it? Yes, I, I think it's not necessarily each episode, uh, each scene perhaps, uh, dependent on the content and what's happening, would depend on the approach visually. So uh, within the same episode, I think you've got some quite different stylistic scenes. Um, and also because of the, the nature of the filming process, which took place for over a year, you might be filming um, one part of a scene um, in 2018 and then you might be filming another part a, a year later so there's actually a scene where um, Sam uh, gets shot mm -hmm. and um, I think there's like eight months between the, the next cut to when right. we see him so um, you know seasons change as well of course mm -hmm. so, so that has a big impact on, on the visuals hopefully mm -hmm. that doesn't stand out in, in, in the yeah, show in terms of, no. of the timeline but um, so we've got blazing sunshine in the first three episodes mm -hmm. for, for most of it um, but then in episode four it begins and it's it's a, a really murky nasty mm. sort of wintry uh, landscape time has passed in the narrative of the show there mm -hmm. um, but yeah dependent on the scene would depend on on the approach you know some some of the scenes that you've seen already in the first four episodes are using really canted Dutch angles some are handheld some are you know really snappy fast paced um, others are real long shots you know mm -hmm. the, one of the shots is well over a minute uh, with a slow retreat um, away so dependent on the scene would depend on the approach to the the shooting um, but with a canvas as big as five hours there's great opportunity there for real diversity let's see so um yeah it started way back in that uh, wintry scene mark was talking about there that appears in episode four when it's uh my character gavin comes in to the boxing gym to give uh, union jack a complete bollocking right? that's the first bit that we filmed and um 
I guess I was introduced to the character of Gavin the week before by seeing this uh, shirt and tie and stuff that he had and finding out his character name and reading the script and just getting a feel for this guy. And, you know, it's just um, on that evening I just had to, I guess, work out what worked for him. You know, it, it, the character was, was written and he sort of uh, comes alive in that first moment where you think, I don't know, it's sort of let, let go absolutely burst in there and see what happens mm-hmm. and uh, you know if you get yourself out the way enough then you know the right things sort of flow through you mm-hmm. um, didn't know the script too well on that one actually <laughs> so uh, on the first day I'm just getting annoyed with myself for messing it up again and again and again and again and again um, until I just sort of uh, tear up the script uh, shout f- <laughs> from the fucking top uh, storm out and bust back in and go through it in one um, I think we had to do that scene again, actually, in the end. So that got reshot anyway. Um, but I guess the, the whole process has been, you know, it's something that's really enjoyable to be part of. Um, you know, it's a really nice thing to just be taking missions out into the middle of the countryside or to abandoned factories and um, just throughout the seasons, you know, looking for trees in the middle of nowhere in the blazing summer or mm-hmm. trying to strip down an old warehouse with uh, angle grinders and things. <laughs> in the winter did you ever feel at any point um, sort of let's say six months in Sam mentioned that his process from sort of beginning to end was was roughly sort of 14 to 18 months it was Mm. a long time Uh, did you ever find at one point maybe like six months in where you thought Jesus Christ this is never going to end we're like chipping away at this very slowly like well I guess Sam had a lot more work to do than me and uh, he was way more prepared in learning his lines so he was doing a lot more homework (laughs) Um, so uh didn't have as huge a job of work to do but we were getting through it you know the percentage of it complete it was heartening to hear how it uh, went up all the time and you know sometimes we'd do a whole weekend and you know smash away 10% of the whole project or something Mm -hmm. if not more and that did feel really good I guess it is important to think of it as it is fun and everything but also just have it as a job it is a a job you're privileged to do Mm -hmm. it's actually a real pleasure to do come along and do that and yes something could be 12 hours or into the night and that may be hard it may be freezing but I guess it's that discipline of I want to do this as well as possible I think that's happened with a lot of the actors in it it's um they really want to put in their best performance and they'll do something and say I know that was shit can we do that again um Mark doesn't usually have to demand things are redone because people want to give their best to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, all we have to do is, yeah, yeah we just yeah. want to give something to it. I think a lot of people that want to or are starting out as independent filmmakers might not be aware of the discipline that goes into it and mm. how much effort and hard work has to go into it. But it definitely, even if you're chipping it away really slowly, you reap the rewards of it just... just when you, when you eventually see the footage at the end of the day, Definitely. you're always just like, ah, oh, like mm. that's so, that's such a good like day's work. Um, mm. I couldn't have spent a day better than exactly. doing this, no matter how long it takes. Yeah, there is something on the record. Then that is there, that is out there, that is done. Mm. And yeah, no matter how much uh, suffering goes through, it will. It's a, a catharsis, a purification through suffering. You've done the job right. And mm. films have done with Mark before, like the White Van and the same circles. I mean, it was great to throw myself into those two characters and they are mad characters and just let yourself go utterly insane and just pull up from Mm. somewhere in the subconscious something you didn't know you had and actually the energy of that helps you get through it you know Uh, 
the, the last day in Iceland for the white van was like 15 hours of filming it had to had to end yeah. at sunset and yeah. as it was as I was dragged across the uh, gravel by the bus the sun was going down and that was the end of it we'd somehow done it and got away with it so uh, yeah there is a huge satisfaction wow. in doing it obviously yeah as, as we've just mentioned the process was like insanely long it was so long but um, you know it was independent and zero budget you know we were trying to go for an entire series so of course it was going to be long but obviously it was longer for you Mark because you wrote the fucker and you edited the fucker mm. so, so where it was 18 months for everyone involved in the shooting process how long was it for you? Uh, it's hard to sort. Of, I mean, it's ongoing as well. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's still sort of happening in in some way. Uh, so a, a very long uh, process, but um, because we were mainly shooting at weekends, that allowed me the time to edit as we went along, mm-hmm. and that might be part of the reason as to why there were so many rewrites. Uh, you know, and, and scenes were changing because I was seeing the final yeah. product as it was emerging. Can you see doing it any other way than that? Because I personally can't. I When I have footage, I feel like I need to edit when I get home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, immediately, uh, I want to review things and check things and make sure everything works. Um, and the process of putting together what you've just done, of course, then shapes what you're going to do next. So um, I was very, very on it. So when we filmed the last final scene, it was only a case of editing that scene and then we had final cut mm. because it had been happening so much in the background as we were doing uh, the rest of the filming. So it, it was very much a full-time job. Um, and as well as all of the mechanics of the filmmaking process, you've got promotion and marketing happening uh, as well. But the writing process was was constant. It was, you know, literally on set, maybe we'd, we'd stop for a coffee break or whatever. And instead of chilling out and sitting down and eating a sandwich or whatever everybody else was doing, it was grabbing a pen, crossing stuff out, you know, rewriting stuff. You know, it, it's a constant uh, process. So mm. um, I'd, I'd love to see the the original uh, version mm-hmm. um, against the final version. And A, it would be two times as big because, uh, you know, we added additional episodes, we, we introduced new characters, but it had to be fluid. So um, I mentioned Scott earlier, for example, he was going to be a very small role, but he was so fantastic in mm. his role that we ended up writing loads more scenes for him. Yeah. And actors obviously had a lot of uh, contributions and ideas that we embraced, um, mm. you know, not, not only on, on, on the day, uh, in the moment, yeah. trying different things when the camera's rolling, but also being aware of, of their performance mm. and, and their character and then going away and changing the future scenes. So. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of change. For um, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, don't, obviously being an actor in it, obviously, as I said, I get to see a part of the process of your directing and maybe the fluidity of, of, of being able to change things on the fly and whatever. I remember when uh, Sam and I were in the pub, we did the pub scene for episode one. Uh, me and Sam were discussing, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do it this way. We're reading the script while you were sort of setting up the camera angles or whatever. And then we delivered it for the first time. And you cut and you looked at us and you were like, I was expecting this to be a lot funnier than it it currently is, but I'm I'm kind of liking where you guys are going with it, so just carry on as you're going. And I was like, that's kind of cool, because it's like, it, it, it did feel like a, a, a constant fluid thing where everyone had input. And did you feel like that was something that you wanted to champion on set or... Um, in the in the process of filming, inevitably nothing goes as you want it to, um, or as you plan it to. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and when you're working with such a big team of talented people and everyone's got lots of ideas, it would be insane to ignore or overlook them um, because hopefully the character, you know, the, the actors know their characters, particularly someone like Sam who's been playing him at that stage for like a year. Mm. Um, so if you know, if, if someone's got ideas, they 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 have suggestions. You've got to at least try them um, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes we would try something, an actor would have an idea. And we'd film that, and I wouldn't necessarily like it, and say, "Okay, now let's let's, let's do it the other way and go back to the script." Or sometimes we'd do, stick to the script. Someone would have an idea, say, "Let's just get this, yep. and then we can try your thing." Um, and often, what would happen is we would get it, and I'd be satisfied, and then it'd be right. Let's just do one last take where we just fucking go crazy and mm. try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone would do something unexpected, you know, uh, like an actor might often say, "What do you want me to do different?" And I'll say surprise me and, and and you know what they then do they go completely off script and but they're in character mm. and what you get is often fantastic but what then can happen is it's like I love what you just did there let's do a few more like that and then mm. you know you're going miles away from the script and it's taking a lot longer and you're going over schedule and it's two in the morning and it's raining and everyone's <laughs> freezing yeah. but you're getting gold you know so, yeah, yeah. so you know filmmaking and it's nature is a collaborative process mm. so yeah sure you've got an idea let's give it a go there's no harm mm. you know the, the, it's not like we're going to run out of battery or tape mm. so fuck it if, if everyone's happy to continue let's just keep it rolling and try yeah, for sure. try different things and more often than not the more off script and experimental you go in the moment the, the better the results mm. the more interesting it is so that is the process of writing it shooting it editing it and then obviously now you have 10 episodes under your belt and when this episode is released not all the episodes will be released yet but it will be on about episodes 5 or 6 um, you've obviously been doing a lot of marketing mm-hmm. and I think it might be interesting for people to hear about that process because we've spoke many times where you've said like this is like completely new to me and this is like a complete learning experience there was a thing you told me about uh, Deadpool fans mm. that I thought was really interesting <laughs> Yeah, okay, so so marketing is a bit of a dark art, um, and I, although I've spent a lot of time doing it, I'm still a, a bit surprised by the results, and um, there's lots of kind of unexpected things that happen. Um, so for a project like this, um, it's, it's, it's a big task. You know, you, you, I'm constantly trying to put something out, at least sort of two posts a day, um, to raise awareness of the project, to build an audience, to... Uh, get interest um, and one of the things that we have done is targeted marketing where you're um, aiming at a particular group and that has been full of surprises um, and there's been a lot of comparison of Union Jack to Deadpool because they're both gobshites and um, you know similarish costumes I guess and um, so we attempted to target Deadpool uh, fans assuming that they would like what we're doing um, but that did not go very well um, and we got a lot of um, mouthy people um, abusing us essentially cheeky uh, guys the Deadpool fans. yeah so and, and, but, but when you when you step away and think about it there's actually a logic in that in yeah. that Deadpool the character is a gobshite and Ryan Reynolds the actor that plays Deadpool and of course if you like Deadpool you probably love Ryan Reynolds he's a notorious internet troll so um, yeah there's been a lot of unexpected uh, stuff that's happened as a result of the marketing um, and I don't know if it's gone well I don't know if it's a, a shambles and a clusterfuck mm-hmm. um, but you know there is an audience that are appreciating it which mm-hmm. is which is great and makes yep. it uh, mm-hmm. worthwhile to a degree um, 
but how a, a small, no-budget, independent thing uh, gets seen and gets out there still remains a, a mystery to me. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It, 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 yeah, it's like a, you can't perfect that, can you? Like, I'm, no. I'm, I'm sure even the people that are heads of marketing departments are still kind of trying to figure it out as they go along. Mm, yeah. Like, it's just like a, it's like a weird art form in its own right. Like, very strange. Yeah, I think the other key thing to remember is is with a film, often half of its budget will be for. Mm promotion and mm-hmm. marketing yeah um and and that isn't the case with us at all yeah. so we you know we don't have those outlets we don't have we don't have any star power as well so obviously mm-hmm. any other you know superhero thing would have recognizable stars that yeah. have millions of adoring fans that will see this and encounter this and support this probably whereas we we you know we're entirely indie and then mm. no one knows anyone mm-hmm. so um so we've got that working against us as well uh, you know the the character is not an immediately iconic recognizable character so a spider-man fan film will have many more fans by default than a union jack fan film and mm-hmm. you know lots of people i know that like comics don't had had not heard of union jack before we made this web series yeah it's interesting yeah i mean i saw like a poster for 21 bridges the new chadwick boseman movie uh which is a terrible poster terribly photoshopped and at the top it says produced by in really small letters and then underneath it says the visionary directors of avengers endgame right? like, mm. to, to try and like sell it that yeah. it was directed by them but it yeah. isn't mm. and uh yeah like it is like it's just constantly like, you know people are just out there trying to trick people and whatever mm. and when you try and be kind of humble about it and you're trying like yeah this is our project and we're really proud mm. of it and whatever uh it's just hard to sort of yeah. figure it it's out it's a hard sell for, yeah. for us and uh, i think another uh, thing that people um, struggle with is if you, uh, for example, make a song in your bedroom on um, some software, mm. you're essentially using the same materials as a, a big established pop star is using. Mm. If you're making a film as we're doing with good cameras, etc., but with non professionals on weekends for fuck all money, you're juxtaposed, you're immediately compared to a fucking huge blockbuster yeah. that has 15,000 people working mm-hmm. on it and, and what what have you. So it's kind of an unfair comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's uh, difficult to quantify what is success. Mm. We were thinking, like, if you had 500 people come to a cinema where you're putting on your film, you think, this is brilliant. But in the internet is that nothing yeah, is 500 yeah. views nothing so it's yeah. really difficult to, to work out what we'd be pleased with yeah the, um, the view count is everything isn't it and if you were mm. to quantify it in that way that would be 500 views and that is really that it really is nothing mm. so that is very interesting for sure uh, the, the series is obviously out now um episode one to four currently um, yep. well, by the time this episode comes out it will be on either five or six um, so obviously as you're saying it has c- collected a fan base already um, people who are enjoying it um, one of the very positive nice uh, compliments if you will is there does appear to be about a hundred or so odd people that are really really yeah. um, enjoying it and die hard fans and mm-hmm. um, sharing everything and very excited uh, about the next episode and um, that was something we didn't necessarily anticipate we thought yeah. people would watch it yeah um, you know, uncertain of the the numbers of, of viewers, but um, 
but yeah, to have like, you know, I've received lots of messages from individuals saying, you know, this is amazing, this is great, mm. I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, loads of other people that are working on similar projects or trying to get similar projects up and running have been in touch to, to say, uh, you know, how much they enjoy it and how mm. inspirational it is or yeah, or whatever. Sure. So there's been a, a lot of um, nice, positive, um, you know, people being in touch with us, uh, mm -hmm. which I don't think we ever really thought would, mm, you yeah, know, it's, sure. it's a... A side effect, a byproduct of the process, yeah, which is yeah. really nice and, and rewarding. So, kind of wrapping up now, but I would like to sort of discuss some onset memories, just to sort of lighten up, sort of just see any any funny things that happened on set. Anything that either of you can remember? I mean, take your fucking pick, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there was really a, a session of filming that didn't have some sort of memorable, hilarious, uh, absurdist. Um, complication or problem or disaster um, yeah there are tons of them there's obvious ones I mean one of my f fondest memories one of the funniest things I've ever seen with my eyes was Tom falling over um, <laughs> in the ghillie costume. yeah yeah that that was utterly uh, just brilliant uh, he just runs along and just just for no reason just falls arse over tit and rolls about on the ground um, that was that was particularly um, hilarious. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of, of, of funny things. I mean, um, it has to be at least one injury per. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. If, if someone doesn't, <laughs> if someone doesn't bleed, you, you haven't filmed properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, loads of injuries, loads of cock ups, loads of disasters. I mean, on the very first scene that we filmed, uh, which was in the woods um, with just me, Sam, and Blake, um, Sam was lying on the floor, and, and, and we had a drone going up, and. Um, we did it once and, I, and I, f I felt that the ground looked very empty. So at the top of the hill, I was like, I'm going to throw this big fucking branch and threw some 15 foot branch and it rolled, but it kept on rolling and it kept on rolling <laughs> and Sam was lying on the ground and of course it whacked him in the head. And, you know, so within you know, a couple of hours of, of beginning filming, I'd already nearly killed the actor. Um, and that was kind of a sign of things to come, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to single out um, one particular memory there's there's lots of of, of fun um amusing uh I, you know we could probably do the equivalent length that we've just done just of anecdotes of madness my one would be obviously it would have to be about an injury because it it really was like the worst injury other than gilly falling over which i was there to to witness it was maureen twatting her head on the bed frame and um, as high as i throw her out of shot uh, was that the take you used? Mm -hmm. It was. Is yeah. that sound yeah. in it? Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I, I watched it recently. Didn't go to waste. <laughs> oh, good. I heard the sound of the, the, the thudding, and I was like, oh, that has to be the sound. Yeah, Please was, let that yeah. be the sound. <laughs> was that um, encouraging a more and more extreme performance? So, like, okay, you're, you're getting your throat cut, so, you know, really... So I'm going to cut your throat now, okay? <laughs> All right, so just... Don't do anything. I'm just going to cut your throat. <laughs> you're going you're to act on that. <laughs> and it was about an hour after that um, when the hotel staff came and told us to shut down. Yeah, because um, we were about to film a sex scene. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. Thankfully for me, that didn't happen. Because mm -hmm. that was nerve-wracking. Um, so, do you have... And this is, this is a strange question in a sense. Maybe it's strange because I'm asking you because I know you. Um, do you have any words of advice... For, for anyone who's like starting out or anyone who's attempting to do something on this scale, doing like a series or, or a feature film or anything like that? Um, 
I think uh, anyone that was insane enough to want to do something like this um, needs to understand uh, uh, that it is a, a full-time thing. Um, it's yeah, it's such a big commitment. Be willing to sacrifice um, a lot. Um, it will cost a lot, not just financially, obviously, but um, in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when we were wrapping up, I was doing a little interview with Akar um, for some behind-the-scenes stuff. And, um, you know, he, he, he quoted Thanos to me, like, what did it cost everything? Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, it's, you know it's, it's wonderful and it's rewarding and it's great. And, you know, the passion and the wonder and the art and the experience and all of these uh, great positive things. But um, it nearly killed me, I mm-hmm. think it's, it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been full time. It's not just weekends, turning up, doing a bit of filming and then going home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's full time, you know, yeah. and doing that and having a full time job and having life and having reality and all of this kind of stuff. Um, it's, you know, it's put a lot of miles on the soul, which is good, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's also kind of, you know, taken some sandpaper to that soul mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, sure. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen you in the last two years where we haven't had a lengthy discussion about this project in some way or another, mm-hmm. for sure. It's been... It's been it seems to have been hacking away at your soul f- mm-hmm. from when you started it from yes. to now, kind of thing. All consuming. Yeah. But all of this has resulted in a project that is better than it's got any right being, really, <laughs> considering it's, you know, yeah, just done sure. on very little money with borrowed equipment. It looks so much better than uh, mm-hmm. I could have ever imagined yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, at the start. I remember when we were doing a, a little sort of screening where we were all just watching it together for mm. the first time to offer notes to Mark. And uh, Tom Gilly Gilson, he he said like, this this shouldn't be on YouTube. Like it, it seems like it is. It's a nut above YouTube. It's, mm. it's just it's just it's just above YouTube. Like we should we should be looking for <laughs> we should be looking at Vimeo or or like or like you know like you know it was like this this looks like something that could be on Netflix yeah. or it you know yeah. it, as as he said as you said like it's it it looks better than it's. It should be like mm. it's just because we're all like out there having fun and and doing it um, as mates essentially, mm. um, and then you end up with this sort of product. You know, oh mm. shit, no, this is really guess, cool. Yeah, the edit. So those millions of hours that Mark does uh, on his own early in the morning and late at night. That's where that polish yeah. must come because uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So uh, my final question of the podcast, my friends, is what's next. A um, couple of ideas. Uh, tr- not going to begin a new project until Union Jack is truly, uh, you know, wrapped up and finished, and all of it's released, and the marketing and the promotion is over. Um, I've got quite a few ideas uh, for potential projects. Um, adaptation, I believe. Okay. Uh, potentially, I've got a text mm-hmm. that might work. Um, transplanted to contemporary British culture. Um, but but not sure, and really want to um, write it for a while, and lots of revisions, lots of. Um, so as we speak, I'm redecorating my room and de-union jacking it, and I've been in there today with a scraper, getting all the blue tack and whatever off the wall. I've got a new desk and a new chair, and um, I need to reset and get that blank canvas in order to start painting again. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting, Simon. 
Are you just waiting for him to tell you yeah. that the next project is about to happen? Mark mentioned uh, that we might have uh, some really arty, pretentious short films, so I bashed out three of those on the old uh, <laughs> typewriter the other day. So, Fantastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like that uh, direction, be as uh, pretentious as you want. I, that I can do. Fantastic. Um, can I be yeah. involved in those? Can I, can I be, can as I long as you to? die. As long as I die. Rack those death points up. Mm. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today, guys. And I wish you the best of luck with Union Jack. And all the future projects. Thank you very much. Cheers, Callum. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our brand new format. If you did like it, please let us know. Please comment or subscribe or share the motherfucker. Because if you did like it, then I will explore trying to interview other industry professionals, whether that be a director, whether that be a writer, a cinematographer, an editor, a composer, anyone who's worked in film, I will talk to them under the lens of their most recent project. Thank you very much. And that's us for another week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of whatever we've been doing here at Rap Party HQ. We'd like to thank Sam Sargent for supplying the score. To hear the full tracks and more music of the same ilk, feel free to head to soundcloud.com forward slash Sam Sargent and tell him Rap Party sent you, preferably not at gunpoint. While on the internet, it'd help us out if you liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter and kept an eye out for further episodes. Thanks once again for listening and that's a wrap. Good, isn't it?